What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast i am excited because i have a guest on today's episode that i have not had in a while um he has been on the show a couple times but um i think the last time he was on i'm gonna have to ask him uh, when I talk to him in a few minutes, uh, I think it's been a, about a year. Um, it, it feels like a while, but, um, he is, uh, he's the best in the business when it comes to reporting, uh, Nick's news, um, accurately and, and giving, uh, some, some good insights at the same time, which I look forward to getting into with him. Um, SNY's Ian Bagley. Um, he is, uh, he's awesome. So you're going to enjoy that. Stick around for it. Um, also just a reminder, um, in case you have been distracted with, oh, I don't know, other things this week. Um, I have officially taken my newsletter, my daily newsletter, uh, paid, partially paid. I'm still going to send out a free one every now and then, but if you want to get in on a one time only introductory offer, um, that's only going to be good for this week where you pay $3 a month or $30 a year. Um, there is only a couple days left to do that. That's going to run tomorrow, uh, or I guess today when you're hearing this on Thursday and then tomorrow, Friday. So if you want to keep getting the newsletter and you want to get it at the cheapest price possible, um, please, uh, open any newsletter from this week, you could click on the button, sign right up. Um, I promise you that I will try my best to make it worth it. That's that's the best I could do. Um, all right. Last thing before we get to Ian, uh, a reminder from our friends at MyBookie. So as you know, between the NFL, college ball um, and, you know, the election, there's no shortage of things to pay attention to and watch and root for. With thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, uh, you could turn your game day into a payday with my bookie. Hey, um, the NBA season, by the way, as I may get into with Ian, is just around the corner. It's going to start on uh, December 22nd. So not only can you go on my bookie and wager um, on the draft odds, draft prop bets, who goes first. They'll probably have some on there about who the Knicks pick. Um, you're going to be able to bet NBA games pretty soon. You could do parlays that make meaningless games more exciting. Hopefully, uh, the Knicks won't be playing too many meaningless games this year. Maybe they'll make them, you know, mean something for a while. Um, and best of all, as you know, if you sign up at my bookie, you got to use that promo code overtime, O V E R T I M E. If you use it, you claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. So you go sign up to place your wagers on game spreads, futures, prop bets, whatever. Make sure you put in the promo code OVERTIME, which is designed to give you a little head start 
on your winning season. So one more time, overtime overtime is the promo code. Claim your deposit bonus um, dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Without further ado, I present to you, I always will call him this because he is the Adrian Wojnarowski of the New York Knicks, Ian Begley. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, as we uh, have just talked for several minutes about how uh, delirious we are from a lack of sleep. I think I'm I'm at about five hours in the last 40 that I've slept um, uh, Ian Begley, uh, the Woge of the Knicks. Uh, hell, you're not the Woge of the Knicks. You're Ian Begley. You, you, you know, I, I gotta stop calling you the Woge <laughs> of the Knicks because you, you have outgrown that, my friend. You are your own big deal. Listen, man, I, uh, I'm happy to be with you. I'm happy that, uh, we're both operating on little sleep and we can still talk about subjects that we're passionate about. Um, the, the Woge title. I love it. I appreciate it. I, as I said, I've said before to you, uh, you're out of your mind, but thank you. <laughs> uh, much appreciated. And, uh, and yes, yeah, you know, interesting times uh, for the Knicks, obviously, because of where we are in the calendar and what we think is on the horizon. So, uh, plenty to get into. Um, I'm excited to talk next with you. Thank you. Um, likewise. So, um, there is a lot to get into. I actually just wanted to start. Oh, wait Go. a second. One second. I need to say one thing. Please. Can I, can I give you my credit card info just right now over the show? Just so <laughs> I, I'm going to subscribe. I'm excited about subscribing. But I figured instead of just doing that, let me just give you my credit card number. That's a great idea. Expiration date, security code. If I just do that, just make it easier. Give me your Congratulations social, social on, security uh, number, too. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Everyone should subscribe. Everyone will subscribe. You do great work, uh, informative work, uh, and, and well worth the subscription fee. Uh, so everyone subscribe and congratulations to you. And I'm excited for you. Okay. So now you're going to make me, I, I had a question that I was going to say for, for the end, but I'm going to ask it now because you just, you, you made me do that. You just had Woj, the actual Woj on the putback. And you mentioned a story that I think you had told to me when we talked one time about him breaking something that, you, I don't want to get into detail, but like you had something and he broke it. Um, and you may have broken a desk. Um, I, I need to ask you this because I am now, I get some people perceive me to be in like the news, not breaking business, whatever. I hear stuff now and occasionally it, it, it seems relevant and I put it out there. I'm trying to learn how to do this on the fly. You have been doing this for, I've lost track of how many years I, if you've ever gotten something wrong, I don't remember it. I don't think it has happened. You are, it is why you are the way you are and, and you are viewed the way you're viewed and everybody else is viewed the way they are viewed. I, I was going to say this at the end, but I'll ask you now, how tough is it? Cause you hear probably 99% more stuff than you report. And in, an, in a day and age where, if you're the first one out there with something, it's it's clicks, it's views, it's 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 job security, it's all the, it, you know what it is. You don't ever do that. You don't ever resort to it. How do you do that? I real I'm serious. Uh, I, I, it, <laughs> no, because it's I'll, it has to be I'll, tough. I, I'll say that um, I put I probably write 
10%, maybe, maybe that's a little high, 10% of the stuff that I hear. And I only, I do that for obvious reasons because you want to be right. Um, and you want to put out accurate information. Um, the thing that I've kind of figured out, you figure it out every day really is who, who you talk to that, that is legit and is a truth teller who is right, you know, 60% of the time. And you kind of figure that out who's right 10% of the time. And, and so, so it, you kind of learn, as you said, on the fly about who you can trust and who, you know, is, is, is less accurate. And um, I think that, you know, no matter, especially with social media, like being first, it becomes so important, but being right is always sacrosanct and will always supersede everything. I, you know, I appreciate you saying that there's, I did get a story wrong. I don't, yes, it was wrong. I got a story wrong. And it, I actually think about it probably still like You're six times me. a day, even though it happened a year ago. I was hearing that um, Durant was like the Nets were not as high on his list as kind of other people were talking about. And, okay. you know, I'd heard it for a few days and then I wasn't going to do anything with it. But then someone who would have been in position to really know um, had relayed the same piece of information. So I thought, wow, heard it from, you know, five different people who are not connected to each other at all. And now somebody who has a direct connection to Durant is saying it. So I went with it. I said something like the Nets uh, are not the favorite for Durant. And it was like, I think maybe three or four days before Regency. So that was wrong. And, uh, and it hurt, man. Like, I'll be honest with you. Nobody, I, I never want to be wrong ever. And that's a big thing to get wrong. So that I don't take that lightly. Like I never want to be wrong. Always want to put out accurate for me, accurate information. So, um, I just, I, that's, that's where my head went when you said you never get anything wrong. Cause honestly, dead serious. I still think about that one. That's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. Cause I know how seriously you take this profession. Yeah, it was, <clears throat> so I, I, I think that it's, it is so important to be right. I want to be first on everything. Like there are probably, uh, man, at least three things right now that I'm pretty sure are true. Like, <laughs> I love how you say if that. If <laughs> I put it out there and I'm wrong, I'll, I'll ruin my reputation, ruin my credibility. Uh, and you know, somebody else might put it out there and it might be right. And I have to live with that and it hurts, but, it's just, a, it's a delicate balance, of, but you have to protect your credibility, I think, above all else. Well, um, you're the, listen, I could talk to you about the, the profession for, for all night, but um, I'm, I, I'm sure our listeners would like to hear some stuff about, um, you know, the actual <laughs> things that you're hearing. Um, and actually, put everybody to sleep. <laughs> it's going to put us as, again, we haven't gotten much sleep. You have been, I think, pretty transparent uh at least that's how i read it about the fact that um since leon rose took over the knicks there is not a whole lot of stuff um coming out uh from i don't want to say well i want to be careful with my words here that there is less stuff coming out let's start with that could and i'm curious how you compare um how it has been 
to report on this regime with the understanding that obviously they have not played any games or very little games. And then the pandemic happened um, and they haven't had pressers and the whole thing. But reporting on this regime versus reporting on the, you know, the Mills and I guess Perry and, and, and that group, have you found it more challenging in terms of just trying to like get info, read the room type of deal? Like where, where are you at on that? Yeah, it has been more challenging because I think with previous regimes, you know, you could kind of figure out who they are talking to because they're not, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, sure. but more often than not, you're not like if you're covering a team every day, they're not going to leak you, you know, a uh, big story, big information because you're being impartial and you're reporting on their wins and losses, successes, successes and failures. So um, you're, they're not going to leak you big stuff. So I always tried to find the people that they were talking to. And I, you know, you were able to do that previous regimes and then you felt good about the information you were getting. And here, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Leon has told people that he's dealing with inside or outside the organization to be quiet. Just don't say anything. Like, if you want to do business with us, um, we want to do business, but we don't want our, 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 you know, internal thoughts kind of known publicly. So I think that message has been disseminated and that's it's smart on their part it makes our jobs more difficult but i i think that finding those people who they trust and they talk to and having those people then you know talk to you or, or having that conversation leak out or a version of that conversation leak out that's happening less and less with this regime and it makes it more difficult to cover on a daily basis particularly when you're not around anybody and you're sitting at home uh, working the phones or on a Zoom call. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That does, that does make life a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? Um, is So you had Woj on the putback uh, earlier. T- great spot, by the way. Um, he seems like a, a nice guy. Um, Thank uh, you. He's great. Yeah, he, he seems pretty cool. He put it, it's funny, he gets a lot of crap from Knicks fans, and yet he put it in a way that I, I think every Knicks fan would agree with, which is that, the negative perception of the organization is not going to it's not going to vanish into thin air. It's a day by day thing and that they just need to show people that they are professionals and they could run a basketball team like professionals and, and make incremental improvements in the way that most teams do draft, develop the whole thing. Um, to me, the way that Rose has operated um, is a sign of that. Do you Again, you've covered this team for so long. Do you get a sense yet as to whether they are on that path to just again, it's this is not rocket science, just acting competently and being respected around the league as like, okay, these people know what they're doing now. Yeah, I think that Leon Rose takes the seat with a certain level of respect because of his previous uh, work as an agent. And I think uh, that helps. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, he, he's well-liked is kind of what you hear again and again uh, about Leon Rose when you talk to people from different teams, even people he competed, competed with as an agent. Um, he's well-liked. So you start there, and I don't think he's given anyone a reason to um, say, wow, like he's unprofessional or wow, that was a ridiculous transaction. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like we haven't seen anything yet. So there's no reason for anyone to, to throw that kind of judgment in his way. So I think you start there, but I don't think you can make any kind of declaration about um, 
him or his group pushing the Knicks forward and, and kind of leaving those those negative labels in the past before we start to see the work and see what they do and what they don't do and, and if it works, if it doesn't work. So when he take when he takes the seat from where he was in, as an agent, he comes in with an immediate level of respect. But as far as kind of shedding all those negative Nick labels, I think there's still work to be done and we have to see how things play out. Uh, you're, you're giving me softball after softball here for these transitions. Um, Chris Paul um, is a guy that carries with him some modicum of respect um, when he steps foot inside mm-hmm. your organization. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's out there. Um, I, I mean, I, I know if I could bet a few dollars on him getting traded somewhere this offseason, I, I would. Um, do you, is it, is it, is it fair to say that they are in a vacuum, um, in a vacuum that they are interested in in Chris Paul still? In in your opinion, if the price was right, yes, yeah, I think so. I think that would be. Uh, I, I think there's the, it's interest there, and you've written about it, and I think you're you're right on. I think it just comes down to what the asking price is, and it also comes down to what Chris Paul wants to do. Um, and I think what Chris Paul wants to do is probably first on the, the list of hurdles to get past, and then it's the asking price. So, um, but I you know I think there's interest is still there, and and if there's a deal that makes sense that the Knicks feel makes sense for them, and Chris wants to come here, then I think uh, it would happen. But those are two big factors that. Um, you know, we don't know which way things are going to go on both of those fronts yet. At least I don't. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't know either. Um, do you have a sense of whether they're looking at him more um, from a, an on-court perspective in terms of he'll help develop the kids? He himself is obviously still probably a top 10 player. Um, or, or do you think the off-court, again, kind of getting back to that perception of the franchise, respect stuff, um, you know, not necessarily like, oh, he, Chris Paul is here. It's going to make us more attractive to free agents, but just, you know, he's, he's a member of the organization that carries with it a certain amount of gravitas. Or do you think it's kind of the whole, the whole package that, that intrigues them? Yeah, I think it's both. I think it really is both. Cause if you watch what he did last year with Oklahoma city, obviously you can still play, he can still impact winning. Um, and he can still, uh, perform in a way that I think can, really help the young Knicks in a way that it helps some of those young Oklahoma city thunder players, uh, particularly Shea Gildas Alexander. So um, I think it's both. And, and it's, it's, it's what you mentioned at the end of your question too, because Chris Paul is well-respected throughout the league, uh, influential member of the uh, players association. Uh, you know, he, he's got a powerful voice there um, and his word and his opinion carries weight uh, throughout the league. And I think that that also, you know, if he comes to New York and he likes it here and, and things go well, I think that can help the Knicks um, from the perspective of, uh, you know, potential. I don't even want to say like he, as you said, he's not going to lure like free agents here because of uh, what, what he's doing on the court, but just the idea he may, he can talk to people about how things are run and he can, 
uh, you know, tell the truth about if things are going well, he'll tell other players that, and that can only help the Knicks. No, that would that would be nice if, he, if Chris Paul could say nice things about the Knicks. I'd, I'd sign for that. Moving along, the draft. Uh, we are, oh my goodness, we're two weeks away. Two weeks away from uh, from Thursday. Um, just time's flying by. Would would anything shock you in terms of what they did in the draft? Uh, trade up, trade down, stayed where they're at you know, a quieter, an extra pick it. The read I get is that everything's fluid and they're kind of going to, you know, take it as it comes and look for opportunities. Are, are you getting any sense of like, Oh, I think they'd really like to do this or maybe even like this player or, or anything along those lines. I, have, I mean, I haven't certainly, I have not heard that this is what they want to do, or this is what they're going to do. Like in terms of trading up, trading down, staying at eight, I haven't heard any of that. I've heard actually the opposite of that, which is different people expect them to do different things based on, you know, conversations they've had. So I think that that what I deduce from that is, at least as of a couple of days ago, uh, you know, all options were still being considered. Everything was still on the table, Um, you know, including the possibility of of trading up if if a trade is there to be made, trading back, standing eight. So, but I think there are players that they like, you know, I think that, I feel comfortable in, in saying you probably would say the same thing. You probably feel comfortable, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in saying that they like Devin Vassell because um, I know they've done done some homework there, and, and I think that they, they have a good feel for him. High I don't speed, know if- high speed Wi-Fi. They- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Coach Cy, uh, Charlton Young, I love that analogy so much. But yeah, yeah no, I think that they, that's a player they like. Um, I don't think uh, Killian Hayes falls to them at eight if they stay at eight. Um, but, you know, he has, he obviously has fans in the organization for obvious reasons. Um, so I think there are players, if they are at eight, that, that they like. I don't think, though, that they're at a place where they've totally cut off the idea of moving up, trading down staying put I, at least i haven't heard it yet if, if they've reached that conclusion gotcha a couple more then i'm gonna uh, let you hit that pillow um f- free agency is going to be god i don't even know what free agency is going to be um other than you'll be getting calls uh while you're carving your turkey um do you have any again i'm asking you like unfair questions because it's it's this stuff is so fluid but i in terms of whether they will go Years. I think we could assume they'll go years on on Van Fleet should that come to transpire, which who the hell knows. Um, but other than him, do you because uh, I feel like staying fluid has for years now, we've heard that it is a priority for the organization. Do you still think that's a priority for them? Um, I, you know, I think 2021 is important only because that's the first time that they will have the opportunity to make uh, a significant splash in free agency. And, you know, Leon Rose, if you listen to what's said, sure, he was brought here to to kind of right the ship and to, to shed off those those negative, um, the negative reputation that the franchise has. But he was also here to bring stars to the Garden. So I think that's why I would be surprised if they handed out a large, large multi-year deal in a way that, compromise their ability to uh, sign a max free agent in 2021. Um, now, you know, they, they could have a ton of cap space, so they could hand out a, you know, 15, $20 million multi-year deal and still have the room for a max player in 2021, um, depending on how some things shake out. But I, because of that summer, 
next summer. I would be surprised if, if they blew all their cap space or blew a significant amount of their cap space um, on a player in a way that hampered them for next summer. Okay. We're going to go rapid fire to finish up. And I, I want to preface this by saying Ian Bagley is not reporting what the answers that he's about to give. I am asking him to <laughs> guesstimate. All right. I, there are aggregators who listen to this program now, if you could believe that, which is insane to me. But um, it should it should be uh, it's craziness. Come on, man. And uh, I hope aggregators pay the subscription fees to be the aggregate. <laughs> just, I promise everybody, I did not pay Ian to say these things. He is saying these things <laughs> of his own volition. Um, yeah, too much. All right. Um, here's what I want you to do. Give me a percentage chance again. You're, you're, it's your guess. Um, a percentage yeah. chance each of these guys um, is on the Knicks. Um, well, let's, let's start with guys who would be on the Knicks at the beginning of the season. So Chris Paul, give me a, give me some odds on Chris Paul. What, what do you think the odds are? I would say 40%, which I think is high. Like I, I don't, I'm not an odds expert. I'm not a gambler, but when I say 40%, I think of all the different permutations of things that could happen with Chris Paul. So I, I'm putting that at 40%, but I think it's, those are high odds. I, I like it though. Um, I have a feeling this will be lower. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, lower, lower. Um, I, you know, I know there's been a lot of reporting about the Knicks and Fred, and and I don't, I don't doubt that they respect him as a player. But I would just say this: I would be surprised. We were talking about big contracts, multi years. Yeah. I'd be surprised if that was Leon Rose's like first like signature move of his tenure was signing Fred Van Vliet, and that's no disrespect to Fred Van Vliet. It's just kind of the feel that I get. I could be totally wrong. Um, you know, they could make a big play for him. That's just kind of my read on it right now, which, so if you're asking me to put a number on it, uh, I think he, he ends up back in Toronto anyway. So I'm going to say, you know, 15%. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mr. Ball, LaMelo. Mm, man, if we were talking in like April, I had so many people telling me that they, <laughs> they wanted to be here, but they want New York and New York's going to make it happy. But now the way things have, have shaken out. Uh, I never say never. So I'll probably, I'll go 20 to 25%. Okay. Uh, two more, I guess, I, I don't know if, if start the season, but like, let's say make it past the trade deadline. Um, Dennis Smith jr. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'll say 55% just to, to really go strong one way or the other. For <laughs> the it couldn't be 50. It's 55. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and last but not least, of course, I'm going to ask about Frank Nilakina. You think he had, it, how, I don't know what, how many lives he's gone through yet. Um, seven, <laughs> seven or eight lives. <laughs> what do you think the chances yeah, are he I stays? Think, I, I think, because uh, if there's a Chris Paul deal, I think Knox is the most likely young player in that deal. Okay. Um, Interesting. Uh, Ahead of ahead of Nilakina, uh, so I'm gonna say uh, I'll say 60 percent that he's that he is here in New York, even past the trade deadline. I love it, um, Ian Bagley. I'm okay. Just I'm looking at my clock. Just under half an hour. I did it. Okay, um, you are uh, the absolute best. I could sit here and sing your praises all night long, but you want to get to sleep. I want to get to sleep. Um, I can't imagine there's a soul who doesn't know where to find you, but just in case, could you remind folks where, where you are? At Ian Begley, I-A-N-B-E-G-L-E-Y on Twitter. 
sny.tv. Um, John, thank you for having me. I, I love doing this. I love talking Knicks. Um, so I appreciate your time. And again, the credit card number <laughs> information, I'll just text you, I guess, if you just, don't want it over the podcast. I'll text you. Just, uh, yeah, no, you can, you can take a picture, screen it, anything you want. Uh, text it to me. Um, the, the great Ian Bagley, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right. Have a good one, everybody. Good night. Ooh.